What do we need to consider and discuss when it comes to transforming healthcare in a post-COVID world? Let's talk all about it with nurse influencers Leanne Meyer and Melissa Cortez right here on episode 331 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is all about you, your personal and professional development, your career, and the healthcare system as a whole. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews like today's with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride, and I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being a part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And here's a very very, very special request. If you find value in this podcast, please consider becoming a valued patron over at patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Creating over 350 episodes has incurred many costs and will continue to as I head towards, I don't know, thousand episodes. So right now in 2021, I'm asking for 100 regular listeners of the show to pledge $2 a month a year. That's less than buying me a cup of coffee every month. And of course, the show contains no caffeine, sugar, or empty calories, just some audio awesomeness for you. So head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith to sign up and show your support for the show. The show notes for this episode, which of course you're always going to want to check out, will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 331. And we are here with friends of the pod, Melissa Cortez and Leanne Meyer. And we are here to discuss just what's happening in 2021 and beyond as we move through the second year of the pandemic as things kind of wind down here in the U.S. at least and some other countries. So I'm going to start with you, Melissa. Thanks for being here. It's so awesome to to finally meet you and see you. And what do you think is happening with nurses post-COVID? What do you hear just in the ethers these days? So I'm so happy to be here with you, Keith. This is an awesome opportunity um, for our organization, Nurses Transforming Healthcare. Um, so I think, you know, I was a COVID nurse in the pandemic. You know, I did ICU. I went to Boston for the surge um, of March of last year. And I just didn't even recognize the profession I was in. I said, is, this isn't even America, you know? And I started to realize that, you know, we had a solution. We had a choice. And that really was going to come from the bedside. Just like the MacGyvers that we are, we were going to be the ones who create a solution. So I decided, you know, why take all all this trauma and moral distress that I experienced and just bottle it up like we're taught to. And how about we move it towards progress? And I think that there's really an open opportunity. We talk about this window all the time. I was on several meetings today just talking about this window of opportunity for nurses now. We're in the spotlight. People are recognizing us even as much as I hate that hero word. You know, Mm -hmm. it gives us a foothold. It gives us something to work on, something to build on, to say, you know, we are the most trusted profession in in the nation 18 years in a row. And why is that? And what can we do to really correct the things that we're seeing and to make progress and build a new system for healthcare in the US? Well said. That's a mic drop. I think we're done. Okay. I'll see y'all <laughs> later. And um, yeah, we're we're complete. 
Okay. So stop, stop. So you both are part of Nurses Transforming Healthcare, and I've actually interviewed several of the other participants already. John Silver, the inimitable yeah. John Silver, Kim <laughs> Evans the inimitable Kim Evans and the inimitable Kathleen Bartholomew. John is going to be back on the show again because we have more stuff to dig into. And maybe sometime we'll have like a panel discussion with with several of you. Can't do all five. It's it's just too much. We would just get whiplash. But anyway, (laughs) Leanne... Where did this idea come for this organization called Nurses Transforming Healthcare? And what do you see personally as your mission as a member of this pretty amazing group of nurses? That is a fantastic question. Thought of it myself. Um, Yeah, and thank you. I also want to thank you for um, inviting me and Melissa onto this show and also for the other three members because uh, like you said, they are, can I say it, inimitable? (laughs) I was thinking if you had to say it one more time, you wouldn't maybe get it out. Absolutely not. So um, I have been uh, doing a show called Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse for the last four years. And um, I have about 120,000 listeners in 70 countries. So what I realized was that that gave me a platform to really be able to put nurses' voices out there and nurses of all levels, all, all areas. And so that's what I've been doing for the, for the last year for covid But um, I was just getting more and more upset as I watched what was happening with COVID and more important, what I knew was happening with nurses, trying to deal with uh, horrible experiences that they were having and not being um, backed up by their their own organizations in pretty much any way, shape, or form for a lot of people. So I started thinking, how can I make this better? And the one thing I really wanted to do back in June, I started... Um, was to be able to provide mental health uh, care for nurses. And it ended up when I met Melissa Cortez, she already had that started. And so rather than trying to reinvent the wheel when she'd already done such a great job, I just said, can I work with you? In the meantime, I was realizing that I had previous um, guests that were on. Uh, I had John Silver on first about now three years ago. And I just loved what he was saying, but I couldn't figure out uh, why people weren't listening to him. It made perfect sense. So I started sending it off to everybody I could possibly think of that might have interest. And then I ran into uh, Kim Evans, and she had written this book called Transforming Healthcare, Healing mm-hmm. You, Me, and Our Broken Disease Care System. Great I, book. I recommend, by the way, that so everybody go good. buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Great book. Yeah. And as I'm reading it, I'm going, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And what I realized, though, is that she didn't have a strong way to fund it, but she had 25 years of experience doing it. Right. And so I said, you know, John and she are a match made in heaven. And so as soon as I put the two of them together, they realized it, too. Um, They decided they were going to start meeting on Saturday mornings, and I begged to be able to kind of slip in as a mouse in the corner. Well, that didn't last very long. Um, So I really see my role as the connector. Um, For a long time, every time we would talk, we still talk every Saturday morning, and we all kind of clear the decks to be able to do that because it's like one of the most important meetings we have each, each week. Um, But what I realized was uh, that every time somebody would say something, I would say, well, I know somebody, or I had a guest with that information. Mm -hmm. And Melissa started saying, you know, everybody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
And of course, you know what that's like, Keith, after you've done so many interviews. I do. I've known a lot of people and also just through networking and, you know, it's just, it it happens. Yeah. 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 Occupational hazard. That's what I've been doing is trying to uh, connect people to other people. Uh, We've brought people to our meetings so that we can all, you know, meet those individuals and they each bring something that is a piece of the puzzle we don't know about. So I think we kind of feed off of each other. It's been a very organic um, experience with this group. And even though we're wide range of ages and experience and background and education, we still work really well together. I can tell. Wow. So yeah, it's a pretty powerful group. And John actually had invited me to join and come every Saturday and I just can't swing it. So I'm sort of a charter member and the way I'm contributing (laughs) is by having you all on my show. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's kind of like how I kind of chime into the conversation and just help trying to, to, you know, elevate the stuff you're saying out to more people, just amplify it, I guess would be the right word. So Melissa, when you said you were working on the front lines, you were doing ICU and Boston and thank thank you for doing that. I have a lot of family there, including my son and my brother. I was at Mass Gen. So I literally favorite, um, you know, assignment ever in the last seven years of nursing during a pandemic. Wow. I really enjoyed them. They were top notch, you know, right next to Hopkins. So it was such a pleasure. I floated through all of their ICUs at the height. We had 210 intubated COVID positive patients in the hospital. 210. Um, and most of them were Hispanic, Latino, or Haitian Creole. Yep. Um, so for me, it was really difficult being Hispanic, um, one of the few speaking Spanish. Um, you know, we didn't know at that point, like some days we were allowed to wear cloth masks in the room. The other days we had to wear the N95s. And, you know, Mass Gen was so excellent. Policies changing every four hours. I mean, Lorenzo, the medical director, was on the floors with the nurses. I mean, I saw him several times in between NBC and CNN interviews. And mm. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't have imagined a better place to experience that. Um, I'm and it so gave glad me, you had that experience. And it gave me an idea that if they can do it right in a pandemic, mm-hmm. then what is wrong with the rest of healthcare? That's a really good question. It's a super good question. And I hear you about communities of color and vulnerable populations. I worked, I really cut my teeth in Holyoke and Springfield, Massachusetts with the Puerto Rican community mm-hmm. for many, many years in bilingual positions. And I have Haitian, actually Haitian family members in Boston. My great nieces are both Haitian and my, my nephew-in-law is also Haitian, um, grew up in, in Port-au-Prince. So I have connections to those communities and we know how they've been hit in various places. And as a person of color yourself, a person coming from a Latinx background, that must that really hits home. It was and, hard to walk down the hall and see Gonzalez, Martinez, Rodriguez, mm-hmm. like every single name on the door was just, and I, it was heartbreaking. And I really yeah. did come home with a healthy dose of PTSD. And I didn't sure. realize it was PTSD until my husband, who's active duty military, was like, I think that you may have PTSD. And I said, that's impossible. I work trauma in University of Maryland, shock trauma, nine gunshot wounds a night. Like, I don't have PTSD. Mm-hmm. And then the night sweats, the anxiety, my hair falling out, panic attacks. And I was like, okay, I, I think I might. And then I said, if I'm struggling with this, what about mm-hmm. everybody else? Um, 
And that's when I really started saying, you know, we have to do something different. There has to be a different solution. There has to be a different way that we approach this. And we know there's not going to be systems change rapidly. No. Um, so what can we do in the meantime? And that's kind of where I started that mindfulness journey, you know, just being present, understanding that you can only control yourself. And then I met Leanne um, mm-hmm. through through Cortex. Um, and then we just started this roller coaster. And I met Tim Simmerd, who is this experienced entrepreneur started on the space station um, working on informatics worked for gm ibm um, and he was like i love nurses i want to help them build their own independent nurse-led practices will you be our first practice and wow. i said uh yeah i mean i don't know how this is going to work or how it's going to all buff out but and now we're at the point where i just got off a phone call with zoom i've gotten off of phone calls with the state of maine to talk about pilots and just the fact that everybody knows nurses are going to lead healthcare in the future and you know this nurses transforming healthcare group john's model is a pinnacle i mean it's it's amazing it is it is and i'll link to john's first conversation with me in the show notes, as well as Kim and um, Kathleen's. Mm -hmm. And then John will be back in a few months. So thank you for sharing all that, Melissa. And we we could actually obviously go on for hours, but um, which we'll have to do another time. But (laughs) Leanne, um, in response to what Melissa was saying, that there needs to be conversations at every level, right? And systemic change is that is a slow boat to turn in the United States. I mean, I don't think, I mean, turning one degree is in a massive undertaking apparently here. So where do we as individuals first and Melissa in the second half, we'll get to cortex energy systems and talking about all the stuff y'all do. I want to really cover that, but zeroing in on what we're here chatting about right now that's my primary focus is changing this for nurses yeah and leanne (laughs) so what can individual nurses do say they're not part of a group like like your group and they don't have a mastermind to meet with every saturday morning which would be great but what where do they start if they want to say hey i really want to do something i feel really passionate as usual excellent question we thought that when we put out our website um, uh, nurses transforming healthcare.org, which by the way, Melissa created, she's very, very talented. Of course she is. But there was Thank just going to be this rush of, you know, 4 million nurses wanting to uh, read about our declaration of independence for nurses and want to sign that and want to be able to be a part of it and asking what can we do and offering, this is what I can offer. Um, but it didn't work that way. And we realized that Um, to a large extent, especially nurses in um, hospital settings, seem to be in kind of an oppressed mindset. And Mm. especially after this last year, Um, we hear so many, you know, I, of course, talk to nurses all over the country all the time. And I hear so many people saying things like, what are they going to do to us next? And my feeling is always, what are you going to let them do? There's 4 million of us in this country. If we even had a million of of these nurses standing up and saying, it's enough. We need to be heard. We need to be seen. We need to be at the tables and making the decisions. In fact, I think even more important, we need to be leading the decisions. If I had my way, every single hospital would have 
uh, every C-suite position would have people that at minimum have some sort of nursing background. So they may be financial, they may be, you know, they, um, uh, the CEO, they may be the COO. I don't care who they are, but they need to know something about medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 10 episodes ago in episode 321, when Kathleen Bartholomew was on, we talked about her, her issues, which are unequal power dynamics, yes. internalized depression, and collective learned helplessness. And mm-hmm. she waxed poetic. I mean, it's sad that she has to, but she yeah. waxed poetic about what collective learned helplessness is. So we have some nurses in Congress, you know, a smattering of yes. nurses in Congress. Mm-hmm you know, we had to really raise a ruckus to get a nurse on President Biden's um, COVID-19 advisory panel or advisory yeah. board. So the the visibility, you know, it, it could be better, of course. And I always say nurses can run for school board. They can, you know, they can run for mayor. They can city council. They can do whatever it is they want. Are but you kidding, look, Keith? Nurses can do anything. They can. Absolutely well, anything. True. But and their Melissa, personality, their personality types are not that, mm-hmm. that of such though. So if we look at, if we look at personality types of people in healthcare, yeah. 80% of them are passive. So what equilibrium, who is a really great personality, um, an organizational um, type company that uses hmm. assessments to really restructure organizations mm-hmm. and they're starting to get into healthcare, but 80% of healthcare workers are blue greens, which means they're passive. They like to do their best, but they're very task oriented. They need to be told what to do, um, but they like that structure. They like to know, go into a shift, know what I'm supposed to do, finish the shift, leave. They can MacGyver through the shift, but do they right. want to create big system change or go out and speak out against the world? Not necessarily. That personality type is more of that entrepreneurial and and oftentimes nurses in their later career, once they've gotten really frustrated and sick of what they're seeing. Yes. Yes. So you have to create a space for nurses who are inherently caring people mm-hmm. to care about themselves. Yeah. And care we don't themselves. do that. Really? That's what we have to do? <laughs> we um. don't do that. And I think that there's been this push to really keep nurses busy so they don't have the ability to empower themselves and think about, man, if we, mm. if we decided that we were going to change the narrative, what would that look like? And instead mm-hmm. it was like, nope, nope, you guys aren't qualified. You're not specialized. You're not a doctor. And I think that whole forties and fifties mentality of healthcare system being built on physicians, um, not that physicians, there's anything wrong with physician or no, medicine. No, I'm not, not saying all. that, no. but I'm saying that nurses are very specialized and they need to understand. And I think COVID has given us that great opportunity to say, Nurses are specialized and they are able to do anything that we need to have done. One thing I've learned from my past is that I was an OB nurse and it amazed me when, you know, men were coming into the delivery rooms and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they, they really wanted to help, but they didn't have a clue what to do. And so I found that if I could just teach them some small little things that they could do, they would sort of like their eyes popped open and said, I can do that. And then they would be able to do that and really help their wife as opposed to being a pain in the butt. Mm. And I think that's kind of what, um, what nurses are needing right now is they just need a little direction that says, could you do this? And they are, yes, I could call my con- congressperson. I could you know, say, we need to change this. 
I could write a, maybe an editorial and put it in the paper about what nurses are really experiencing and, and how much nurses know how to manage patients. Doctors yes. do not ha- know how to do that. Um, uh, the CEO does not know how to do that. Any of those people who are in corporate positions mm-hmm. and they're because of their business sense and mm-hmm. saving money mm-hmm. so that it can go to all of those people who are donating, et cetera. Um, it's the nurses who actually know how to manage patients and have the desire to do it well. You're, you're very right. And I said, I've said this over and over, and I'm going to say it again, because, and it's worth saying and writing and talking about, is that I see personally a generational change happening. I mean, there are always generational changes happening, right? At all times. And we always have basically four generations in the workplace at any given time. I see that the millennial generation is starting to take reins of power and they're getting into positions where they can affect change. And the generation coming behind them is also starting to, is entering the workforce and they're going to be in the leadership funnel. So I'm actually quite hopeful that Mm -hmm. there are changes afoot and that these newer generations are going to say, you know what, we're not doing that 20th century oppression thing anymore. So sorry. You know, we're kind of tired of it. And Melissa, you're laughing. Tell me your response to that. I think it's, I think either everyone's going to pick a different career field. You know, I spoke to a group of students um, at a university out in Washington not too Mm -hmm. long ago, and a lot of them were Hispanic or Native American. And Mm -hmm. I was so inspired by them. They were pre-nursing students. Mm -hmm. And I was so inspired by them wanting to be a nurse in a pandemic and me coming from the pandemic. I'm like, are you guys psycho? But they were like (laughs) literally so excited and so ready. And I was like, I needed this. Like that gave me the burst of energy. And I think if we can, as the people in, I told them at the end of the presentation, I said, I promise you that. I am going to change things for you by the time you get there. Like I want to pave the way for you. I want to make a difference. And I feel like a lot of nurses are saying like, okay, maybe that's through entrepreneurship. Maybe that's through, you know, podcasting, influencing, you know, there's a different Mm -hmm. environment now and there's a different media system. So we can really express our voices. You know, what's that quote, Leanne, that we always talk about nurses lost their voice the day they went into the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, and, and, oh, go ahead, Leanne, then we're going to take, I I was just going to say, okay, I was just going to say, I am nodding my head vigorously and smiling ear to ear because I really feel this change as I'm talking to people, you know, in my Mm -hmm. different um, podcasts now, um, nurses that are going into nursing are moving to those leadership levels and they are not taking the you don't know you don't understand you don't have the background because they do mm-hmm. and a lot of these np programs are now teaching business management economics um you know healthcare economics all sorts of things that put them you know if we could get them into the boardroom of every single organization country, company in this country Hallelujah. it would change the world it would change our world for sure So those people, uh, the doctors can no longer say the nurses are not as educated as we are. Yes, they are. Plus, Mm -hmm. they have experiences you will never have. So I I feel so hopeful also. That's why I'm so excited about this 
because I feel like if we can plant the seeds and they start growing all over the country, all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's going to be, you know, that hundredth monkey kind of thing where they always used to talk about. Yeah. Once you hit the hundredth monkey who knows how or has been taught how to wash the uh, potato off in mm-hmm. the in the water, suddenly the entire world of monkeys just does it automatically. That's right. And, you know, once Melissa's in Congress and, you know, she's then <laughs> she's. Yeah, well, she'll start. Can I be with a president if I wasn't born here? No, unfortunately. Oh, but you could, you know, maybe. you could be like Secretary of Health and Human Services. You know, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll work like, on uh, that. Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll work on that. <laughs> so we'll come back and talk about Melissa's future congressional um, career. We're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, we're going to return to this conversation and talk a little bit about what y'all do outside of Nurses Transforming Healthcare, and then talk about some more things that we can all do in terms of digging deeper into change. So we'll be right back with the second half of episode 331 of The Nurse Keith Show. And now we're going to take a pause for the cause and thank the sponsor of this episode, the Substance Use Disorder Treatment and Recovery Loan Repayment Program. Would you like to help communities recover from the opioid epidemic? If you said yes and you're a behavioral health professional or power professional, then I have some great news for you. You can receive up to $250,000 in student loan repayment in exchange for service in a community disproportionately affected by the opioid crisis. Learn more and apply to join STAR LRP. That stands for Substance Use Disorder Treatment and Recovery Loan Repayment Program. You can use the link in the show notes or visit bhw.hrsa.gov to learn more. That's bhw, as in behavioral health workforce, .hrsa.gov. Applications close on July 22nd, 2021. And I thank the Substance Use Disorder Treatment and Recovery Loan Repayment Program of HRSA for their generous support of the Nurse Keith Show. And if you'd like to connect with the Nurse Keith Nation and my work in the world of holistic career coaching for nurses and healthcare professionals, please subscribe to my newsletter at nursekeith.com. And remember that if you successfully refer someone for career coaching with me and they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me as my way of thanking you for your referral. And that credit never expires, so you can use it when you need it most. And if you refer multiple people, then those credits will accumulate and you can work with me even more at no cost to you. So that is an awesome deal. Meanwhile, please rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It really helps other people find the show. Again, my thanks to the Substance Use Disorder Treatment and Recovery Loan Repayment Program of HRSA. You can find them again at bhw.hrsa.gov to learn more. That's bhw behavioral health workforce.hrsa.gov. Now let's get back to today's episode. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember the show notes where you can learn all about Melissa Cortez, Leanne Meyer, and Nurses Transforming Healthcare, and the Cortex Method, and all sorts of other stuff will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 331. And we're here again with friends of the pod and my new friends, Leanne Meyer and Melissa Cortez. And prior to the break, we were discussing 
how awesome millennials are and how things are really going to start transforming and how we just need that hundredth monkey to come on board with, you know, tearing down the system and putting back together. So that'll happen in a week or two. So, um, (laughs) Melissa, first you, (laughs) you have a bachelor's of science from Towson university in Baltimore, and you already told us you worked in CEU, uh, you worked in ICU, but you've done hospice trauma, critical care, acute care, long-term care. You've been in management. And now you're working on revolutionizing healthcare. So like just some small little like <laughs> side hustle that you developed. So Pretty much. <laughs> your company, Cortex Energy Systems, can you really briefly tell us what that sure. means and what it is? So basically through my PTSD, Um, and my journey of healing after the pandemic, I say that I'm a recovering ICU nurse. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized that we all have an inherent energy in us. Um, And if we could learn to realign that energy, we would be able to achieve miraculous things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and that starts with really understanding brain health. Okay. So you have the cortex, which is the largest site of neuronal integration in the brain. Also, my last name is Cortez and we're from Texas. (laughs) So, you know, it's a little bit, a little alliteration play on words there. So that's where the whole name comes from. I didn't call it mindfulness for nurses because it's not, we want it to be the premier partner in building professional and personal resilience. So that means connecting networks of any, any type of thing that's dedicated to helping heal nurses. And then we moved to the veteran sector. um, And that was really encouraging to work with active duty Marines and create the path to the resilient warrior, which is based on the cortex method, which is this system. I use the nursing process to work through. I'm traumatized. I don't even know I'm traumatized instances of moral distress. I don't even know I'm anxious all the way through assessment, intervention, plan, reevaluate, all the way through the nursing process to getting myself a really holistic plan to heal myself and be true to my inherent wellness that I deserve and realign my own energy system. So that's where that came from. We do corporate um, mindfulness and wellness training for hospitals um, and also just organizations across the country. Um, We're really excited about this partnership with... um, uh, nurses transforming healthcare. I have my business mentor and really I have this group of brilliant nurses, right? I mean, John has a PhD, Leanne knows everyone. Kathleen's yeah. just this like the prolific speaker. She Kim's is. brilliant, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, how do I get these people together and get them a plan? Because I call my mentor, Tim calls it the Saturday morning talk show because they get on and we talk, 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 <laughs> talk, 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 talk. But It has to be, you know, we have to drive it somewhere. We have to drive this bus. So I stepped up as a teenage driver and I was like, let's try and make it over the bridge. Okay. So um, we do our best to really figure out where we're going and kind of what we're doing from a business perspective. Um, For all you nurses out there who want a little bit of crash course in business, look up value-based propositions or value-based companies. And that's really what we're doing. And now we're possibly doing pilots in different states. Like we're gaining traction from um, Congress and um, other legislators in Minnesota, also Maine, Maine. with Mm -hmm. the accompaniment of Alex Health, who is this company that is dedicated to producing nurse-led practices, funding them, and Mm -hmm. getting the resources to get them up and off the ground. And And that's A-L- 
Y-X. A-L-Y-X Health. And um, they're incredible. They have AI telehealth capabilities. They have a whole software they've built for nurses to operate, market, manage, um, and create a company. All in one place. A nurse can just say, I want to start a home health company because I love my community and I don't want to leave the hospital completely, but I want to help supplement. And Uh we, you know, we do it everything for you. So you're the CNO of that company. Yeah, I'm their director of nursing services. So I'm really excited about the potential. Um, And it's been a crash course in business. Like we literally met with Zoom and I was thrown into like presenting this PowerPoint to like the CMO, the chief medical officer of Zoom, which thankfully- You weren't saying you're on a Zoom call. You were on a Zoom call with with Zoom. With Zoom, like the company, yes. And so I'm talking to this chief medical officer who happened to be a Marine and I was visiting a hospice patient on Mm -hmm. Campbell Lejeune. So it was like, you know, it was just these universe, the universe gives us little signs that we're in the right place at the right time. So it's been an awesome ride. I'm really excited to- to offer a lot of different resources. Like I said, Cortex Energy System is the network to connect nurses, whether that's mental health or you know education or entrepreneurship or whatever we want to do. I want to change the narrative for nurses. Mm, that's that's fantastic. And Leanne, this must be like music to your ears. And you love, know Melissa, love, so love, it's love. not like you're not hearing this for the first time. Y'all nope. are you're you're pretty tight. So from your perspective, you're you've been around you know, 47 years as a nurse and you already mentioned you're a podcaster and you've done so much. It's hard to even put it all together what you've done. So as a thought leader and an influencer and a, you know, a skilled clinician and a leader, you know, how do you feel about this ability to get the attention of Zoom and get the attention of legislators in Maine, in Minnesota, and create what you had told me in Maine would be a a pilot nurse-led integrative medicine clinic with Uh support, I'm assuming, from powers that be in Maine. So what does this really mean to you when you see this kind of stuff can actually come to fruition? You know, it's the funniest thing, and Melissa kind of alluded to this before, you get you get into a career and you sort of just put one step in front of the other. And all of a sudden you get to some point and you look back and you say, Oh my gosh, I have that experience, Mm -hmm. that experience, that experience. I have this, you know, I know that. And I have, when I first went into doing the podcast, I thought, you know, how am I even going to talk to some of these people? Because, you know, what do I know? Well, all of a sudden I realized, and, and one of my students actually told me one time, she said, you're too young to have done all those things that you have on your on your bio and I was like really um so yeah yeah, you know it's like thank you but yeah I did did do those Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of what ends up happening and and what Melissa was saying also is the synchronicity of you know that I got into the podcast when I did that I talked to 170 different um you know people that those people each of them had something that can now contribute to what we're trying to do now, mm-hmm. um, that I have been able to, I would never have thought I could call up, you know, Amy Klobuchar and say, Hey, you know, I'd like to have a chat with Yo, you. Amy. Can we, can we work that out? <laughs> and we're actually going to do that on Thursday this week. Really? So, so excited. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and they love us. Can, yeah. Yeah. They love Leanne. They love John. I think they're great. <laughs> 
And are you meeting in and, person or on Zoom? No, it'll be Zoom, you know. <laughs> oh, Zoom, 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 Zoom. Everything yeah. is Zoom so, is. Or, or Teams or whatever the other things are. But yeah. Um, and then we met with uh, uh, Tina Smith, uh, is our other senator from Minnesota. Uh, we oh, met yeah. with her um, health assistant this morning. And she was very interested in, and wrote back to me this afternoon and said she is definitely going to be sharing this with Tina. And we've talked to my representative, Betty McCollum, who's been in, in Washington for 20 years. She is thrilled because mm. she really had a problem with Medicare for all, which I do too. It's like, it's a good slogan and we mm -hmm. know we need universal health, mm -hmm. but that isn't going to work because there's just too many problems. So what yeah. I see this is, is a brand new way of looking at what could be possible. So you've got, you know, people that are on one end of the spectrum saying Medicare for all and people on the other side of the spectrum saying don't change a thing. Mm -hmm. And everybody in healthcare that I talk to seems to realize that, that healthcare for the last 30 years has been a house of cards. And nobody wanted to make any changes because they were afraid if they pulled one little card, the whole thing was going down. Well, yeah. guess what? COVID pulled the cards there. It Didn't is it? flat. It mm -hmm. is flat. And we have such, again, Melissa was talking about that window of opportunity that we have right now that who knows how long it's going to last, but it's a tiny little opening mm. where people are a little bit afraid. They're like, oh my goodness, we know this hadn't worked before. We're going to have more of these things coming in the future. What are we going to do differently? And what we believe we need to do is have um, nurses working. Uh, well, it, it isn't just nurses. We talk about integrative medicine. This is not going to be just nurses. This is going to be nurse-led clinics but it's going to have to be doctors who see the, the way that we're looking at this. And so many are leaving um, medicine. So right. many nurses are leaving it because what brought them to medicine is not appearing in hospitals, is many times not appearing in clinics. Mm -hmm. It has to change and it has to be holistic. That's where the joy of all of those people who joined healthcare to help people, that's where the joy is. You'll take the the bad pay, the lousy hours, the everything else, if you can have that sense of empowering or helping people to be their healthiest. And we're not doing that in this country, but nurses know how to do it. Many, many doctors want to do that. Mm -hmm. We need RT, PT, mental health people. We need all of those people together to be able to deal with at the, at the community level what are the issues happening in this community, in this city, in this state, in this part of the country? And those nurses will be able to focus on that under the tutelage or overall umbrella of public health, mm -hmm. who will keep track of the data, who will be able to help us see trends that are coming in different parts of the country, um, will be able to use best practice all across the country. And it won't be such a oh, we're going to keep this because we're going to make money off of this. It'll be, this can help people be healthier. And we want that. Wow, this, <laughs> this episode is like mic drop after mic drop. Like all I have to do is just, just let you all go. <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just got to knock it out of the park. Like after each question, I just have to sit back and smile and nod and you're all just like taken off. So thank you for all that. And 
the, man, we could do an hour on each of those points that you made. Mm-hmm. But Melissa, in response to Leanne, then, if we ping pong over, for those nurses out there who are frustrated, who do have post-traumatic stress, and I have heard that there's a movement to rename PTSD to PTSI, which is post-traumatic stress injury. So there's a distinct difference, and I can yeah, maybe speak on, speak on some of that. Okay. Because a lot of nurses out there listening may be in that very place right now at this very moment. So I think the first thing to start with is is moral distress. What is moral, moral distress? distress? So yes. moral distress is an instance where someone is faced with the opportunity or the lack of opportunity to do what they morally, ethically signed an oath or swore an oath to do. So for me, an instance mm-hmm. of that was um, in Boston and other places. Well, not really Boston. I don't think we totally ran out. We were getting close. But yeah. I know in other ICUs, um, other places, we ran out of pain medication and sedatives and we had to paralyze our patients. Mm-hmm. And they were paralyzed and awake. And that was something that was so traumatic for me. Um, and I knew ethically, you don't do that in the critical care environment. You do not paralyze. Now they had to be paralyzed or they were going to die mm-hmm. um, for people that don't work critical care. Um, and we ran out of the meds or we ran out of comfort medications and that every instance created an instance of moral distress for me. Yes. And then frequent instances of moral distress then lead to moral injury. Mm-hmm. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder comes from a specific event. So like for me, I was in a room one time and the gentleman tried to self-extubate in the process of me holding him down. He was able, successful, very strong man. And my mask fell off. My PPE fell off and COVID was exposed in the room. And I'm like trying to bag the patient with no mask. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get sick and die. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was an instance of PTSD. I still have nightmares about that. So, but anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. come from frequent instances of moral distress that lead to moral injury. So that is what the nurses are experiencing right now. You are at the ICU or you're in the hospital in a med surge and you're taking care of six COVID patients and you have not peed in 12 hours. And mm-hmm. then you're getting on your Instagram and your family's at a barbecue with no masks on. Yeah, right. So that is an instance of moral distress mm. because you love your mom, you love grandma, but you're really angry at them. Thank you for elucidating that. Yeah. You're not supposed to be angry at grandma, but you're, you're mad mm-hmm. and every right to have, to have anger towards that. So understanding that the next step is just acknowledging this is an instance of moral distress. Mm-hmm. This is an instance where I may not be able to do exactly what I need to do. And I need a community of people around me acknowledging that. So that's the charge nurse, your nurse buddy. We teach a buddy program at Cortex. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is an instance of moral distress. Are you okay? And yeah. it's okay that you're not okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay and to talk are, about it. Right. And what are the techniques, the immediate sympathetic and parasympathetic balancing stress mm-hmm. techniques that we can use at the bedside. We have mindfulness in a code. How do you be mindful in a code? Well, you use the, the prompts, the two minute, if everybody takes a collective breath at the two minute pulse check, we're literally bringing the volume and the energy down in that unit. Yeah, bringing the cortisol down, letting people just take, yeah, there are, there are minute things that can be done. And then there's the big systemic things, right? And it starts, and we're not going to change systems things right now. And I love being a nurse. Like even after everything that happened, I love it. And I realized that everywhere is crappy. Everywhere is a mess right now. Mm. I have to control what I can control and take. And, and I always talk about 
not compartmentalizing, right? We teach mm-hmm. our military guys this, the same thing. Yeah. Something happens, you need to be present in the moment because if you're not, you ignore it and you shove it down and then it becomes something that really eats up your energy. Mm. And there is a way to work through it understand that stress is positive for you in a stressful situation because it allows you for enhanced performance. We talk about, you know, the flow state. Sure. So accessing uh, information recall better, but also understanding that if you're not mindful in that experience, you're not going to be able to heal from it. And the Mm. first step for leadership out there, nursing leadership, if you're a charge nurse or you're a nurse manager, you should be looking at that census every day and looking for instances of moral distress in your huddles. And then going out to that nurse and be like, hey, this is an instance of moral distress. Here are our particular resources. And I but bet that's happening in isolated it. places. I, like, have yet to, I have yet to really see that. They might really? be saying, are you okay? You're all right. You know, are you okay? Um, you know, hmm. it's okay to not be okay, but they're not offering that next step. It's acknowledgement and then actual physical resources and support there. Not, you know, we have mental health. You know, you could walk across the parking lot. You can call the EAP tomorrow. Exactly. No one's doing that. Okay. So you're talking about real intervention. Yep. And nurse leaders should be trained on how to do that at the bedside. And actually, I have to disagree. And this is partly Mm -hmm. because of all the, the chief nursing officers and people on that level that I'm talking to across the country. There are hospitals that are doing it right, and they're not getting exposure. All we're hearing about is the horrendous things that the bad corporate-led, who who cares about relationship kind of um, mm. hospitals are doing. Mm-hmm. But um, I interviewed uh, about a year ago at this time two um, CNOs, uh, Roseanne Rosso and Linda um, mm-hmm. uh Bellatino, yeah, uh, who were in the first two New York hospitals that had patients come into the ER for COVID. And those two nurses knew exactly what to do. They were able to move in there. They were on the units. I think Roseanne said she was um, in the hospital for like three or four weeks straight before she even went home, like, you know, to and be at home, take a shower or whatever. There are a lot of people that are doing, and what they did when they, they were on the unit seeing this distress, they made sure that they had connected. They took that person off the floor and made sure they were connected with somebody, you know, perhaps even somebody outside the organization, because who's going to take the risk to talk to the people, the EAPs, the, you know, behavioral health within your organization and worry that that's getting back to the CEO or this, you know, mm-hmm. whoever else mm-hmm. could fire you. Well, I'm glad you've had some of those conversations yes. and that's, it's important to know that I've had some too, or I've heard some, some good things that are happening. Some leaders who are tuned in and Melissa, you were going to add a little something right there. I think there's a difference between being present and like, and that's a special case where they like actually got them physical help. There's a lot of leaders that are out there saying, well, I slept in the hospital with the nurses and I rounded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's great, but who cares? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to say that as being rude or whatever, but I don't care as an ICU nurse that just did CPR on four different people or decannulated ECMO on four different people in one shift. I don't care that you were walking around. I don't care. Like, I need something concrete to tell me that I'm going to be okay. My family's going to be okay, that I can still function because that's where we're at right now. And the way that I gauge this is by looking at nursing meme pages on Instagram. Hmm. And someone can post post a nursing meme on something about how much they hate their job. I mean, 
Kaiser gave rocks to their nurses this year and their hospitals. Rocks, rocks. meaning what? They gave what? little stones and they were supposed to go into the break room and paint a funny, like a nice oh, saying on it. Or they, you know, they were blessed by the chaplain and you were supposed to hold your rock. And it was like these meme pages came out. We're like, are we supposed to stone the hospital? Like, what are we doing with the rocks? Like, are you trying to get us to like start a revolt? But it was like things like that. They were trying to do something, but you just see this stark disconnect. between the bedside and the top. And like, even people that are nurses at the top are like, they just cannot wrap their minds around it. So at Cortex, I was like, how do I, how do I correct this? Right. So I found Melanie Marshall, who is a trust strategist from Australia, and she is absolutely phenomenal. Um, And she is working on creating a system for American healthcare companies and organizations to repair their trust between the top and the bottom. She has over 11 years of experience in healthcare. And I'm so excited for the things that we're doing together. That's, she just put out a book exciting. too. That's going to be something that'll be really, yeah, really I helpful. Have it. It's called Trust. It's on Amazon for $20. Um, and it's uh, it's the foundation for healthy organization and teams. And it mm. is absolutely phenomenal. If y'all remind me, I'll get that in the show notes, but you'll have to remind me because I might forget. So we'll, we'll try to get that into the show notes. And if I don't get it in there, we'll do it after the fact. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, there's just, there's so much to unpack here and we're unfortunately out of time, but yeah, we know. know. <laughs> well, I would encourage anybody to connect with us at nurses, transforming healthcare.org. Send Good us a message, find me on Instagram, Mel Cortez RN. I'd be happy to fill you in. We're looking for people to write letters and help us and do anything. So if you're interested in changing healthcare to a narrative that supports both patients and nurses in the United States, contact us. Find us, Leanne, once a nurse, um, always a nurse. And we are just so excited about the opportunities. We have a sign up, um, like a form, Google form on Nurse Transforming Healthcare. So you can put in your background, what maybe things. It, I've had people come from what, Leanne, like research that mm-hmm. have been like, I want to do data research. Or people that are just like, I'm a respiratory therapist and I don't know what I want to do, but this year sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, it was amazing. That's That's great. And where do we find Cortex Energy Systems too? CortexEnergySystems.org. Um, and okay. you will be able to see there's a nursing division and a military division. So whichever one applies to you, just click on it. Great. Thank you. And we'll have all your social links too in the show notes so people can find you on all those places. And Leanne, other than Nurses Transforming Healthcare, where should people find you specifically? LinkedIn? Yes, LinkedIn, definitely. Um, uh, I have a once a nurse, always a nurse uh, page. My own uh, just email me, Leanne at onceanurse.com. Um, I have a onceanurse.com website. Um, I'm always welcoming anybody's ideas, thoughts, questions, um, any support that we can get. People who want to write their Congress people would be excellent. Mm, um, that's great. And we that's can provide great. a blanket letter of what to say. Um, oh, so good, a, a template, template letter. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. And I think just just my closing thought is that nurses stories have been in the news like we there's some pretty moving stuff that's been in the new york times and elsewhere so the stories are getting told and that's the covid stories but these stories have been around a lot longer than the covid yes, pandemic exactly. and nobody really knew before that except in very niche areas so right. People need to hear your stories. And I'm talking to the audience now. People need to hear your stories. It could be pandemic stories. It can be pre-pandemic stories. 
whatever it is. And your legislators need to know because mm-hmm. most legislators are not medical people. They have no idea, Keith. Yeah, they, they don't. Have, know. We we talked to someone the other day, and he was like, "Would you be willing to read through the bills and let us know what you think?" Because See? I had no idea about any of that. Yeah, Great. he hasn't sent them yet, but <laughs> we definitely yeah. want to look at them. But you can educate your legislators. You can tell them, "Look, this is the reality," and mm-hmm. the light bulb might go go off in Amy Klobuchar's head, and all of a sudden, exactly. you have an ally, and exactly. you two are allies of the entire profession, yes. and. Along with John and Kathleen and Kim and all the other people you're all working with, there's some amazing stuff afoot. And I'm yeah. actually, I have a fair amount of optimism that things are things are going to shift. I always say, anytime, anything, Leanne can tell you this from the very beginning, even yeah. in meetings, they're like, we should do this. And I'm like, guys... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, what is the positive side of this? Like, how can we, <laughs> how can we say this with light and love? And that's what, you know, our, yeah. our is transmuting energy from all yeah. this negativity and nasty stuff. I'm ready to get out of that guys. Yeah. I'm ready to move well, forward. Let's, let's do it. And we're going to have John back and then have all y'all back at some point when the time okay. is right. And um, you can tell I have some Southern roots, not by yeah. blood, but by exposure saying all y'all. <laughs> all um, y'all. It's very important mm-hmm. to say all y'all. Um, but thank you, Melissa Cortez and Leanne Meyer. You two are just amazing. You've been on fire this hour and I'm so like my whole body's lit up right now. <laughs> so thank you, you both have for been bringing such a, so much here. You have been such a light to the nursing yeah. world. Oh, and, you. you know, we, we have been through some dark times, you know, yeah. even before COVID and just to have something to look forward to a resource like you to educate and empower. Oh, and thanks, you are an incredible light to our profession. Oh, and we are so honored to be here. Thank you. Blushing, Couldn't blushing. say it any better than that. I absolutely oh. believe and agree with it. Thank you both. You two are so amazing. You're welcome. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. Remember, you're going to want to see the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 331. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. And I encourage and inspire you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction, your personal wellness, and these bigger issues we were discussing today. So there's lots of different types of actions that you can take. And if you need some personalized holistic career coaching, look no further than Nurse Keith Coaching and NurseKeith.com. Mention Nurses Transforming Healthcare and you'll get 15% off your first coaching package rather than the usual 10, just saying. And again, please consider becoming a patron of the podcast at patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith. $2 a month for a year would be really awesome. So please consider doing me the honor. The Nurse Keith Show, speaking of honors, is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. And the Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting. Thank you, Rob. And Mark Cappy Spiesen, thank you, Mark, is our stalwart social media ringmaster. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful and very, very hot santa fe new mexico melissa cortez saying adieu from i'm in north carolina but i'm a texas girl at heart all right and the amazing and inimitable leanne meyer (laughs) saying goodbye from thank you so much Uh, i am in minnesota i'm in white bear lake all right well thank you both so much you're just amazing and we will catch everybody on the flip side